Hey guys, welcome to this week. Hey, gotta say week now, it's not Fortnite. Yeah, uh, exciting. This week's episode of the Crypto Catch Up. I'm Pav. And I'm Ted. Yeah, good Ted. Uh, you've done episodes before, but you've not done a catch up. It's my first crypto catch up. I'm filling in for Tommy today, so some big shoes to fill. But excited to be here and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for those that don't know, I guess most people wouldn't know this, but Ted actually runs the show. He makes sure everything's in place and the lights are set. But yeah, mate, it's good to have you aboard. I just pull a few strings behind the scenes, but Pav and Tommy are the real stars of the show. Uh, whatever you reckon. <laughs> Need someone to pull the strings, otherwise we do nothing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so as always, we'll give our little takes on what the market's been doing. Obviously, a bit of greenage the last couple of days. It's been pretty good to see. It's good to see. Good start to 2023. But a few topics we'll touch on today, just the latest on the FTX saga. I know that's been sort of out of the news, especially from us for a little while, but there's been some developments there that would be worth touching on. Some updates on I don't know, a bit of an adoption story, more of a use case story. How Brazil, uh, I've got a particular use case of crypto that they're finding as a bit of a running theme. So I thought something interesting that we could talk about. And thirdly, I know a big question has been, is this the bottom from a lot of people? So I thought we'd lean on a bit of on-chain data. So I'll talk on that to finish things off. But mate, first things first, how do you feel about the markets? Oh, I tell you what, some good news finally. It's been a long time. It's been a couple brutal months, but yep. we're back a little bit, I guess you could say. My portfolio's looking a little bit nicer than it once was. Okay. So that's good. Positive signs all around. Yeah. I think this is the first bit of optimism we've seen in a few months. So mm. I think especially the buzz around the office and people I've been speaking to, they're a little bit more optimistic. Do you just wish it happened before Christmas so people didn't question your life choices over Christmas dinner? Yeah, the, the family Christmas was a tough one, I'll yeah, well, be honest. What'd you get hit with? Is crypto a scam? <laughs> Uh, is my money lost? And I had to reassure them, no, things are fine. Yeah, okay. Confidence has been shot, don't get me wrong. And we've had these Black Swan events like the FTX saga and whatnot, which has certainly done no favors for the market. Yep. But I think you got to reassure people this is the long game. Yeah. And, and you know, do you feel like people thought you're uh, just a Stockholm syndrome like sort of person? Like, it's bad, but it's okay. Yeah. It's people okay. think I'm in a cult. Yeah. Especially yeah. my family. They're trying to get me out, but yeah. uh, I'm here to stay. Yeah. I believe in what we're doing. I believe in crypto. I believe in Swift Dex. Believe in the podcast and yeah. uh, onwards and upwards. It's crazy. The more you talk about it, the more you sound like you're in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe oh, well, I, am. Well, I think we all are. But yeah, that's good, mate. What are you seeing, Pav? Yeah, I think the same. Like, it's, it's good to see. So I didn't think we'd see this at the start of 2023 like i was watching price of santa tommy last week during it was literally christmas like 23rd of december i was like oh this looks interesting and then i was like i shouldn't have been looking because i was supposed to be on holidays mm. um but i mean we've been up bitcoin itself was up like 38 percent since then and then the rest of the market it's been some some coins absolutely ripping but i think the real showstopper most people may have sort of written off has been the solana and the solana ecosystem so yeah. solana itself has been up 85 percent in the last 30 days and so you know supporting tokens in that ecosystem such as serum and radium they're up 143 percent in the last seven days and 73 percent in the last seven days i think that's been really cool to see because i've been a big fan of the solana community if it's not even the, the tokens mm -hmm. itself, it itself has a lot of benefits. If you do your own research and sort yourself out and look if it's good for you. But yeah, that's been cool to see. I think right now, like obviously, like any sort of investment you have out there, if something's up 40% in a week, if you did purchase, I mean, a lot of people didn't purchase, you know, we do for a pullback, I think is what everyone's wondering. So we're in, we're in a pretty big key level right now. So we're just going to have to see if the bulls step up and we see them take us higher. Or, yeah. you know, if we start to see a bit more sellers take profit, for example, and we start to just track a bit lower. Yeah, I think it was Solana in particular, like it had a pretty rough run, oh, yeah. this bear market, particularly after the FTX saga. So yep. 
It's good to see that come back a bit. And of course, coins within the Solana ecosystem do well off the back of that as well. Yep. I know you're a big fan of Solana, so yep. Hav's been, you know, he's had a, a smile on his face all week, which is Hav. good to see. It's not, it's not the two weeks off holidays I had. No. It all adds up. It's good. Yeah. been a good story. But I guess other themes that we have been seeing, I know we've been touching on it, and I think everyone's kind of seeing it from the sidelines, the whole AI sort of narrative playing out. So we've got assets such as Ocean Protocol, Fetch AI, Singularity, they're all up to the tune of about 70 to 50% in the last seven days. So again, just moving with the market, but that category itself looks like it's outpacing other sectors of the market, which has been interesting. Yeah, I think the the whole AI arc is super interesting. Like, yeah. you know, you didn't hear too much about it a couple months ago. And no, now nothing. Yeah. You're just hearing about it everywhere. Chat GPT, I'm sure most people have heard of. Yeah. It's the, the copywriting tool, which is basically like, you know, a human. It's actually a bit scary how good it can be. And then, you know, you, you see the image generators, like you were just talking about yeah. the AI video tools before. Yeah, yep, yep. So, yeah, I think the AI trend is going to be one to to keep an eye on, particularly this year. Yep, yep. And of course, I think, yeah, AI and crypto do go hand in hand a little bit. Like yep. you said, things like Fetch AI, it'll be good to keep an eye out for that one. And yeah, just watching the whole space kind of unfold this year. Mm. You're a big fan of the chat GBT. I know that. Yeah, I've gave it a crack. I just found I overused it, I think. And now I just feel like I'm not getting, I need to probably change the way I ask you questions, but it just feels a bit, I think I finally found the point where it just gets too robotic for me. Like it's yeah. too waffly, but I think there's obviously a bit of craft to it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I think it's it's a pretty impressive tool. Like the news came out last week that Microsoft is- Yeah, 10 billion. $10 billion there. They're investing in OpenAI. Yeah. I think it was that company and it was like 49% stake or something like that. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Huge. The one thing they've had issues with, I think, is processing power. So now that's just going to, I mean, Microsoft, I'm sure that, I think they've got a couple of computers. I think they might. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll just be able to hook into that and yeah. do a bit more. No, it's good to see. It's good to see. I guess otherwise, we'll just tuck straight into the news then. FTX. So I guess a summary there. Allegedly, greater than 50% of suspected customer losses have now been recovered, is the headline there. So, federal regulators estimate that approximately $8 billion have been owed to the approximate 9 million customers that FTX essentially needs to recover or be accountable for. So, the number's currently sitting at $5 billion US in assets. So, we're talking cash, liquid tokens, stocks. That's what's mm. been recovered so far. The caveat to that is that there's dozens of illiquid assets that have been recovered as part of the process that they can't sell because by doing so would essentially tank the whole underlying market. So mm. I think for those people that were following around on crypto Twitter during the, the shellings of information that were coming out day by day from FTX, there was an Excel sheet that was going around that basically showed a couple of the holdings. And I might be able to remember like the exact numbers or quantities, but I mean- it basically painted the narrative that FTX had a crap load of just shit coins mm. greater than 50% of their circulating supplies. And that's great. That's worth a couple hundred mil potentially. But I mean, if they sold it all, probably just get a, you know, to cents on the dollar trying yeah. to sell that into yeah. a free market and yeah. tank all these projects. Yeah, exactly. No, I think like, obviously I said before, like the confidence following the FTX saga has just yep. been absolutely shot. Like yep. everyone's been questioning crypto, blockchain, the whole industry. And I think it, what's important to understand is the FTX failure is not a reflection on crypto or blockchain, mm. but 
It's a reflection of the people who ran the company and yep. acted fraudulently. So yep. the fact that the new executive team and and the people have taken over at FTX have been able to recover a lot of those funds and hopefully over the course of time we'll be able to repay the customers, whether that be in full, I'm not sure because it was yeah, a lot of money. Yeah. But it's a good story after all the all the stuff we've been seeing with FTX. So totally. Hopefully more positive news about that to come. Yeah, and I'm sure these people listening to this probably affected in some way, shape, or form or know someone. So, you know, can only feel for everyone that's been sort of hit. Um, yeah, no, exactly. But what's happening in Brazil? Man, Brazil, this is an interesting one. So obviously, inflation's going kind of gangbusters across the world, particularly in the US, but Brazil's been copping it pretty hard when it comes to inflation. And so this is a story I kind of stumbled upon. Brazil is adopting or it's starting to take up USD peg stable coins to hold their value because the Brazilian real isn't doing all that great on that front. Jeez. Yeah. So I think... Yeah, honestly, like it's the the USDT orders grew three times from October to December. So I think that's showing that, you know, the trust in the country's fiat currency isn't all that great at the moment. Yeah, wow. and so they're turning to to stable coins, which is interesting because like you'd think they'd turn to, you know, buying USD Actually, US directly. dollars, right? Yeah, but yeah, I wonder what I that's all about. It might be because stable coins and crypto in particular are like more accessible to buy just through exchanges and that. True. But I'm just speculating there. I don't yeah, know. It's an interesting one. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. It's an angle I don't think we've probably highlighted in the past, but yeah, crazy stats here. 85% growth in last year alone, according to Bitso, the crypto exchange based in Brazil. But yeah, there we go. Another piece. So yeah, I know the one question that's hot on everyone's lips, is this market bottom? Probably the truth to that answer is we won't know for a couple of months until we're way past and the bottom's clearly visible and that it has been put in. But I guess what you can lean on in, in these trying times is some good old-fashioned data. Mm, we love data. I love data. Love me some data. What do you got for me, Pat? Floor ones and zeros. So for those people that are sort of looking for a source, there's a website, no affiliation, no plug here, but it's called Glassnode. There's a whole bunch of other ones like look into Bitcoin.com and things like that, where they do provide some statistical modeling behind Bitcoin's price and the activity. So an interesting one that I've been looking at is the Bitcoin realized price. So what that basically is... It's a graph that shows, obviously, the price of Bitcoin, and then another line over the top of that that shows the average price that Bitcoin has been valued at each day that the last coin was transacted on. So it's almost considered like an on-cost basis of the chain based on the market at that time. So what it basically shows is that in previous market cycles, obviously, you're above that average cross price when the bull market's going and even when the market's ranging sideways. But when you're capitulating and falling to what you consider like market cycle bottoms, it dips under this line and dips quite a bit away from that line before coming back up and reclaiming the line. So we're essentially seeing for the first time since about May last year, May, June last year, when we had that that breakdown of the lunar sort of death spiral where we saw the big massive percentage drop in the market across the board. That's when we dip below that line. And for the first time, I guess we're coming up to approach that realized price line. Yep. So significance there is that historically, whenever we've dipped below and reclaimed, that has signified the bottom of the market. So I think there's a good chance in the next three to six months, we might have a bit more clarity on where we currently sit in the market. 
But yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Like this time around, we've got a bear market while the world's in recession. No one's saying it out loud, but we're seeing rising inf- interest rates. Mm-hmm. We've only once seen that before, and it was during the inception period of Bitcoin, back when it was born out of the GFC crisis in 2008. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a bit hard to say that you know historic data will play out the same every time. But speaking purely from a data point of view, that's one thing um, you can keep an eye on if you're trying to yeah. measure something that is more than just price. Yeah, obviously the the listeners won't be able to see the chart, but we'll put it in the show notes so they can have a look. Perfect. But just looking at it right now, it looks like a pretty appealing entry point for me. Not financial advice, obviously. (laughs) But what other indicators are you looking at for good entry point in terms of Bitcoin? Yeah, like in the past, again, it's all based on past events. A lot of people have used the 200-week moving average. Mm -hmm. So that's basically if you measure the close price of Bitcoin for the last 200 weeks, it gives you, again, just an average price. Market cycles in the past have dipped below that average price and then reclaimed it. Mm-hmm. So again, I think we're currently still under that range. It's been a little bit since I've looked at that, but it doesn't move too quickly, thankfully. But yeah, that's another one you can keep an eye on. Yeah. And then if you, again, it's not all technicals. Sometimes it is purely just fundamental. Another one is time from halvening. So the next Bitcoin halvening is sort of pegged in to be the start of 2024. I think it's May or April. Yep. It's usually, you know, quite a considerable amount of lead up time to that point that you'd see the market start to move to the upside before the halvening. So, you know, we're within three to six months, I guess, of that event that usually takes place in prior cycles. So, you know, removing every technical indicator, that's a time-based fundamental piece. So a good example is Litecoin. Mm. You know, we have the Litecoin halvening, which is a Bitcoin fork back in the day was created. It essentially has its halvening coming up a year before the Bitcoin halvening. And, you know, it's currently rallying as well, but rallying a little bit stronger. So, yeah, that's another way you can look at it too, just to look at the fundamentally what's happening. So, yeah, if you don't know much about Bitcoin halvening, I guess you could check out SwiftX Learn. There's some content on there about that one, but it's something you plug into YouTube. You're going to see a million videos about as well. Yeah. So that's something I'd, I'd sort of suggest everyone be quite Absolutely. versed on. And I think, yeah, just what's important to understand there is like, don't base your trading strategies off one chart or one indicator yep. or one simple factor. Yep. I think you got to combine all these things, you know, fundamental aspects, technical, what's happening in the global economy, and use all those to kind of formulate a strategy and, and when to sort of buy. Yeah. And it's not a one hit wonder. Sometimes you just got to do it a couple of times and you had to meet someone who perfectly bought the bottom and sold the top. No. I'm sure you probably can't speak to those people freely because. No. Yeah. yeah. They're up in the mansions. Up in the mansions. So the only things I guess everyone should keep an eye on if you're looking at what potentially could be moving the markets next in terms of like the macro picture tomorrow night. So this is going to be Wednesday when that the date of uh, the news release, we have retail sales data coming out. So big one in terms of just like consumer confidence post Christmas, what are consumers doing? Are they happy to keep spending? Are they not spending? That generally tends to be quite influential when they do the interest rate announcements and also this uh, consumer price indexing announcements. Start of February is the next big, big, big key news. We have the next FOMC meeting. So they're the guys that basically set your interest rates. Yep. So we'll see the cadence set from the US start of Feb and that usually trickles down to the rest of the world. Yeah. So that's why the US always has that that more of an impact, unfortunately. Yeah, um, but hopefully some good news there following the, the inflation data that came out this month. Yeah, the problem is, like, I haven't read into this completely. I need to do it. I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I haven't. They're apparently changing the way that they calculate the CPI print. Oh, yeah? There's a new equation, and that'll be replacing the current one. So I don't actually know what that means. Mm -hmm. I probably need to do a bit of research into that. But, yeah, everyone's sort of getting into, like, this narrative that the Fed's going to turn around and start easing. I don't think it's going to happen 
Personally, I don't think it's going to happen at the start of the year. It's probably going to happen a bit later, but I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, that's fantastic because then the markets keep going up. Yeah, I guess um, I guess like we always reiterate, like you got to be yeah. keeping your eye on yeah. the on the macro, particularly like what the US yeah. Fed are doing. Like Bitcoin, it pretty much pumped off the back of the inflation data that came out that was yeah, you know, eased from last month, and I think it's it's been on the decline since July last yeah. year. So year on year, it's it dipped quite a bit. But yeah, it came in as expected. It was a negative print instead of positive. So it's basically saying there's less inflation measured this month than last month. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that all leading into the first week of Feb. It'll be a huge, huge, huge sort of set the tone for 2023. Jay Powell gave a speech last week. Usually those speeches are notorious for him sort of laying the, the law on how the Fed's going to approach monetary policy. He skirted it completely and didn't talk about it at all, which everyone was kind of waiting to see. Mm. So it was that plus the CPI print, obviously, got people a bit happy to go risk on. Mm. I say obviously, but that's the interpretation leading into the next key news piece. So that model sounds like gobbledygook to a lot of people. But first week of Feb, yeah, it might be the next time. See potentially some more volatility and some some commitment to price direction. Well, I'll try and clear things up for for the beginners that are listening. So. If I was to, you know, want to follow the macro data that's coming out of the US, yep. where can I go to find that? There's a resource that I use. It's called Forex Factory, but you can also just follow any sort of financial news website platform that you prefer, Yahoo, Bloomberg, anything like that. They will sort of write articles on that all the time. But if you're after actually just a website that does purely just that sort of tracking, forexfactory.com. It's an easy one. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. great. But yeah, I guess you can talk about your off-the-cuffer. Well, I suppose it's time for my favorite segment, off-the-cuffers. 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 <laughs> what do we got? Well, this is something that I've been following a little bit. It might not be so much for, you know, your flavor path, but it's something that's happening. Don't be assuming. Well, let's just see how we go. It's yeah. something that's happening in like YouTube world, Logan Paul. He's been called out for, you know, launching a, a crypto scam of sorts. <laughs> so Logan Paul, big YouTuber. Yeah, boxer too, right? Yeah. Boxer, yep, 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 all that. So there was a YouTuber called Coffeezilla that yep. called him out with like a three-part series and basically said he launched this this project called CryptoZoo, which was kind of like an NFT-type game, mm. had its own token and all that. And, yeah, basically it just all fell apart. I think I think the team that were working on it weren't getting paid and so they dropped out and then some, you know, rug pulled it who was involved in the project. And that. Oh, wow. So, like, Logan Paul's copping it from from all angles at this point in time. So, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he recovers from that. I know he's he's mentioned, like, a recovery plan for the project. Oh, okay. But I think, to be honest, all all trust is lost in that. But yeah, okay. if, you're, if you're interested in that, go watch CoffeeZilla's three-part YouTube series. I know, Pav, you'll be watching that tonight. Oh, queued it up already. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Nice. My off the cuff, Shiba Inu. So, more than a meme coin now. So they're launching their own layer two network. So that's going live shortly is the language they keep using. But essentially, you know, we're talking layer twos, we're talking assets like Matic, talking assets like Optimism, basically running on top of Ethereum. So what's going to happen there is essentially every time you do a transaction on their network, it's actually going to burn Shiba. So there's going to be less and less Shiba circulating. Similar to what Ethereum is doing at the moment, there's less and less supply over time, deflationary, if you will, Mm -hmm. opposite of inflationary, which is what we're seeing Mm -hmm. everywhere else right now. But that's a big piece of news everyone's sort of been leaning into the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'd be just keeping an eye on like when the dates come out around that. I think that'd be a pretty big news catalyst. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, the Shiba army will be very pleased to see that news. Yep. Man. You think they'll give a ship? Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Pav. No, but 
I'm just seeing like some of the some of the stats. Oh yeah, because I I handle a bit of the content at, at SwiftX and also here with tapping the crypto. Yeah, okay. Whenever we mention anything about ship, people yeah. just eat it up. Yeah, right. Eat it up. Like people love that stuff. Like more than any other coin. More it's than Bitcoin. Following. Yeah. People give a ship. People give a ship. People give a. We get a shout on that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have get, to we'll get nods from we'll the crowd. That up. Yeah. Look out yeah. for the tapping the crypto shop. Yeah. People give a ship shirts. <laughs> but Pav, I got a question for you. On. Dogecoin or SHIB? Oh, shit. <sighs> Probably Doge. Doge? It's because Elon's involved. Elon's involved, but like- He's this... also involved with Shiba. Like, he, didn't he pump Shiba last year as well? I think it pumped off the back of him shilling Doge. Got it. Doge, to my knowledge, is an inflationary asset. It is. There's no limited supply. No. So, and you know, you see what SHIB's doing there, and they're doing stuff to control that. So, mm. I think Doge is going to have to do something about that if it's going to be a long-term, you know- Sure. Asset that gains value over time. If that's what it's here for. Maybe it's just here to be a meme. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Anyway, we'll let, we'll let the world decide. That's a wrap, I think. Yeah. Mate, it's good having you on the couch. Mate, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. I hope I get an invite back here. I'm not sure how I went. Well, Please you, let me know how I went. literally set the calendar so you can invite yourself back anytime. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I might permanently kick Tommy off just so I can get a starring spot on the potty. He's done it. <laughs> what do we think? I'm trying to get my Instagram followers up, so I'm, I reckon this might be the way to do it. Nice. Guys, thanks for listening. Obviously, catch us on our socials. If you've got any questions you want us to answer next episodes, or if there's something you want to learn more about, liked hearing, tapping into crypto. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, thanks guys. Cheers, Pav. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 